welcome to Luton Town International Podcast Special Edition. Uh, we're talking 2019 first, and um, it's been a while. And on me online, I have Gavin from the US. How are you, Gavin? I'm good. It's good to be back talking to you, buddy. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. It has has a strange feel, as I was saying to you before we started. I haven't done this in a while, so so it's good to be back. Yeah, Nick's got lazy. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> there's been a lot of circumstances around us with us not being able to, to do recordings. So, um, oh, I understand yeah. yours. I just don't understand his. The operations for the hair transplants. The operations for the hair transplants must be uh, must be must be taking up most of his time. Yes, you that that's true. Probably probably the hair transplant. They, they might have drilled a bit too deep into the skull and got into some soft tissue. Who knows? Nah, that would have only improved them. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's, it's I think it's all his holidays, his vacations is going on. You know, he was he was going to France this weekend. That's why he couldn't do it on the weekend. Is it just me, or does anyone think Nick's into drugs with all these holidays he's taken? Because I can't understand how he gets the money otherwise. Yeah, I think he, I think it's like some sort of lord, like some sort of minor lord, and he just takes the holidays whenever he wants to. Uh, royal think, family. Yeah, hardly working, you know, hardly working. <laughs> all right, so uh, yeah, so yeah, it's been a while. Um, I think it's kind of hard to sum up what what's happened between now and then. So I'll just basically, I think we'll just take it from January till now, and uh, what a uh, month January was. We we started out with Nathan Jones thumping his thumping his uh, crest club crest and saying he would never leave, and then all of a sudden he did exactly that. He left for Stoke. Of all places, you know, he said he would leave for only Barcelona, and then he ended up leaving for Stoke. What do you think about that? Do you think do you think he um, he's somewhat dyslectic and just read the whole thing wrong? It's one of these things where Barcelona can they do it in a rain, on a rainy Tuesday night in Stoke? He somehow tossed Stoke or Barcelona. I don't think so. I I seem to remember talking to you and Nick a while back and saying it was a load of bollocks. I don't yeah, know if I'm right or not, I just made it up, but I remember talking to you and Nick and saying it's a load of bollocks, he'll be off at the first opportunity. And I knew he was linked to Villa, because a Villa fan who I know from back home uh, told me so. Um, right, yeah. And at one point I think he was the favour for the Villa job, but then Villa decided to go a different route. Now the story Nathan Jones seems to give was he didn't want to go to Villa. I don't think as much as he didn't want to go to Villa as Villa didn't want him. They decided he was, wasn't the guy they were going to go with. So as soon as another club came in throwing money at him, he was gone. And that was Stoke. Yeah, I also heard another rumour that he was also in the running for the Nottingham Forest job, but he didn't get that one either. So yeah, it, it, it appears our... Um, our crest-thumping uh, overlord and uh, master of promotion from uh, League Two uh, jumped on the first and best train out of here. But but does it really matter, though? Honestly, I don't think so this season. Uh, next season, you might see a little bit of a different difference. Um, the reason I say that is because uh, me and you exchanged uh, text messages the day he left, and I said some very unflattering things about him. Um, and I still think them things, by the way, but 
professionally, he done a fantastic job for this club. He is the one behind all the players coming in. He's the one that's got these players playing the way the way they are. He's with the help of his coaching staff, obviously, but he's the one that had this plan, that had this all set out and set up. This is what I'm going to do, and this is going to help Luton get to the next level. And it worked. It worked fantastically yeah. well. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but like. Uh, I, I felt I felt it was um, a lot of uh, you know hit and miss, but then Steve Rutter came in, his assistant manager, and then we were a lot more hit than miss. So I, I'm just thinking we we had a very great setup with Nathan Jones at the top. Um, then uh, Paul Hart left, and he kind of lost his way a little bit. Steve Steve uh, Steve Ritter came in, and we were back on track. So. I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I'm not trying to discredit what Nathan Jones did for the club because I agree with you. Some of the transfer dealings he did was was good. Some of the transfer dealings he did was not so good. Um, but 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 there was also a good back uh, staff. He had like a lot of stuff behind him. Uh, Mick was doing a lot of the scouting. It looks like Ritter was doing a lot of the. Um, sorry, Steve Rudder was doing a lot of the. Um, uh, training on on the pitch as well, so I think it was more like a team job, and I think it they, they kind of just picked up on that spirit and just continue that because the current setup and the current uh, players they they pretty much know how how they do things now. Everything's set, all the training routines have been well recorded, well described, and all the different types of training based on when they're playing and stuff is all all set up. So the whole setup is there and. Technically, who's at the helm now doesn't really matter. That's my theory. Yeah, and no, I totally agree. And that's why I said I don't think it matters this season. I think it's going to matter more next season. Um, I think yeah. next season, teams are going to have, have had a year to scout us um, and know how we play and know what style of football we play. And you're going to have to change it up a little bit. So whoever comes in at the end of the season is going to have to put their own stamp on it. Um, and 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 decide what way they're gonna go, and then do their own thing. You don't want to be another Nathan Jones. You want to be the first of you, whoever you may be. Um, but I think Nathan Jones, although I do I do agree, the coaching staff that he had with him deserves a lot of praise. So most of that coaching staff has gone with him to Stoke, and he hasn't had the same results. I I I think he was a good man manager, and I think. He was a good man and manager for the players he had. And let's face it, I'm not dissing Luton in any way, shape or form here. We're a lower league club. He was able to get them players up to play for Luton Town. I think he's going to have a different problem now at Stoke because he has players that are earning a hell of a lot of money and who used to play for teams like Barcelona and who used to play under Pep Guardiola. And it's going to be a different story for him. Whether he gets found out now or not at Stoke is going to be... I... I honestly, it half of me wants him to do well to prove that we had a great manager. Half of me wants him to see him fail, just so I can go serves you right. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying there, and and but I also think like uh, with a lot of managers in their careers, they're gonna have ups and downs, and 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 Nathan Jones certainly found his up 
when when he was with us because we're a club in ascendancy right now. We had new training ground, we have uh, a possible stadium uh, on the way. More on that after uh, after a bit of actual football talk, um, and and we also have the whole. The whole thing is there. The whole setup is there. We have a board that's backing the manager. So, like, I think there's a lot of positivity at Luton Town now. So, so it was perfect time for a young uh, manager to come in and try his legs here. But now he's getting into the real world of managing, and he's going into a different club who has completely different premises, and he's going to kind of start understanding that hey, this this managing club. This managing a football club isn't just isn't just a, a cloud nine experience. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think something you pointed on there. You know, he was a young up and coming manager with a young up and coming side, and now he's moved to Stoke, where Stoke's aim is to get back into the Premiership, obviously as soon as possible. It's a completely different task for him. Um, and as I said, he has a lot of players there who are earning a lot of money and have played for a lot of big teams and. Whether they're going to take to his thumping of his chest and ki- kissing of the badge is going to be, it's going to be different to 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 it's going to be different for Bojan to take that yeah. on board than it was for like a Danny Hilton or a James Collins, and that's nothing against Danny Hilton or James Collins. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I agree. All right, so let let let's move on from that. We we have a new manager. His birthday was yesterday. Um, happy birthday, Mick! Sixty years, and probably uh, forty of them uh, being thinking about Luton Town, more or less. Um, what do you think about Mick Harford? Nick, uh, Nick twi- tweeted at me the other day. Uh, because I, I mentioned something a few months, about a month back after Nathan Jones left, uh, about him getting a plane if we got promotion. He said, should Mick get a plane? And I just turned around and said, no, he can just, we'll just forgive him for the five years of hell that he put us through in non-league. Um, obviously, oh, that's a bit harsh. Obviously, obviously, Nick, obviously Nick's response of uh, the fishing rod was, was, was perfect for that. Um, Mick's a legend at the club. He always will be. There, there, there's no doubt in my mind. And, I actually think he was the perfect man to come in this season until the end of the season and replace Jones because he knows the club inside out. He's been around the club for the last year, year and a half, whatever it is, since he came in under, under Nathan Jones as a as a scout. He knows the type of football we're playing. He knows the players. Um, just don't disrupt anything. We're on a run. We're top of the league. We're going for promotion. Don't as little disruption as possible is what you want right now. And I'm putting Mick in there. It's fine because the players are going to want to play for him. The club loves him. The fans love him. You know, it, I I don't expect them, and I I hope they wouldn't um, give him the job permanently in the summer, whether he wanted it or not. Um, but he's the perfect replacement and he's the perfect person to put in charge at this moment in time I feel it's kind of like the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer thing at United you know yeah yeah he, he brings he's... back that good feeling to the club he brings back you know he, he like he's just going to continue on what we were doing there to begin with but there's no way shape or form either of them people should be getting that job come summertime yeah we got to we got to wait and see like who <laughs> like uh... 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm honestly certain. Like we, we're in good position now as well because if we would have to appoint the manager now, the manager would be uh, either having to consider a League One existence or a, a or a Championship existence. But at the end of the season, that will be final, and we will know where we are next season, and the manager can start planning uh, towards that. Uh, but, but, but the other side of that coin is if we don't get a man, if it we're not getting a manager in now, so he doesn't get the time to work with a squad as as, as could be advantageous to uh, to understand and learn uh, more about the players we have now. So so he would like be able to uh, when the end of the season comes to be able to start planning for for our next season, wherever it will be. And he also have the background that he knows the players already. So like I'm a bit I'm 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 also a bit I, I would be more concerned if. Uh, I'm going to say if, but a lot of people will say when. Uh, if we get promoted, I would be a little bit more concerned about the new manager coming in than if we were still in League One, actually. I'll be actually totally honest with you. I'm going to one of them people that say when we get promoted. I think it, I honestly, like, you look at the last the last six games, I think it is, since Nathan Jones left. We've let in three goals in six games. We're not, we're not even averaging letting in a goal a game. Meanwhile, we're scoring yeah. like two point five a game. You know, yeah, it, yeah, it's going to yeah, take. Yeah, I agree. All the riding is there, but but there there is still there is still a chance. Like there's fifteen games left to be played, and uh, my experience of Luton Town is we always rise to the crop and playing tougher opposition, but have a tendency to fall asleep when playing weaker. So if we can eradicate that and and just just treat every game as the next big challenge, then we'll definitely be promoted. But but again, there's still 15 games to be played, and Sunderland has three games in hand on us, and of course they have to be won, but if they win that, they're only two points behind. So, And Barnsley, their form now is starting to look almost, uh, almost as strong as ours, so we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? So um, I don't know if you heard, but Sunderland actually played one of their games in hand today, and I don't know if they drew or they lost or what. But they've actually played 30 games now and around 58 points, which means even with their two games in hand over Luton, the max they can get to is 64, which would still be four points behind us. Right, exactly. Oh, they drew against Black Blackpool. Wow, I wasn't aware of that. Okay, well that changes things. Yeah, that definitely changes things. So, yeah, now they're ten points behind with two games in hand. Yeah, four points behind. Wow. Okay. Well, that. Yeah, that's, now it's starting to look a lot better. Just say the P word. No, I won't say the P word. I won't say the P word. Unless we're talking about Donald Trump's PP tape. <laughs> um, moving on, I, I just want to talk a little bit about the squad because we normally just have a big run in, run through the whole squad with new signings and stuff at the start of the season. Uh, well, obviously everyone pretty much knows about all our players now. So I want to maybe, maybe do this a bit, little bit different this time. So... So, if we could start with uh, you listing who's been the major surprise in the squad so far for you this season. A positive surprise. The biggest positive surprise for me was... I, I, I'm not going to name one, I'm going to name two, and that's the two centre-halves. Uh, obviously, yeah. two relatively new guys to the team. Didn't know how they were going to take, take to it, but they have been absolutely fantastic. Mm. 
I, I remember talking and discussing them uh, a little bit on, on Twitter um, before the season started, and, and 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 I predicted they would be the starting the starting two, and Alan Sheehan would would be on the bench, and a lot of people would say, "No, that won't happen," and he he he's, he was too good in League Two, and yeah, lo and behold, the two new uh, central uh, defenders are now running the show, and Sheehan is on the bench, but he's still doing a good job, like motivating the players. But he's not—he's not getting the game time uh, a lot of people expected. But that's—that's that's a positive thing for Luton. It's a negative thing for him. But the positive thing is there's a reason for it, and that's—that's that's the excellent, excellent way they've been performing. I personally, my biggest surprise really was uh, how James Collins has come to to form in in League One. I, I was worried that you know he 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 has been like very strong in League Two uh, for many teams, and then kind of kind of lost energy and lost um, form when he got promoted or when he played in League League One. But he's done he's done excellent this season as well, and he's scoring goals like there is no tomorrow. And and um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's even in contention for for a for a spot in the Ireland Ireland international squad. How do you feel about that? <laughs> so I'm a bit torn on that one because obviously as an Irish living in America I would love to see Luton Town represented in the Ireland team I just don't want it to come this season I just don't want anything to disrupt this season so uh, Mick and, and Robbie can go watch them all they want that's great but don't call them up for it I don't even know if there is any games between now and the end of the season the international friendlies or whatnot. but if there is if they could leave them the hell alone until the summer that would be uh, that would be fantastic yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some some March some games in March coming up in March. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, it would be a disruption. But then again, also, the bloody well deserves it, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you you think about it, and you look at Ireland, and you look at strike striker wars for Ireland right now. We have Shane Long, we have um, Jonathan Walters, if you consider him a striker, um, mm. and I, I, like. I was actually looking online to see what other Irish strikers are playing around the the English leagues that we could put in there. And you've got Michael Obafemi as Southampton, who's an 18-year-old kid and hasn't got much game time. And then yeah. you've got one guy who the Irish media seem to be crying out for, which is Ronan Curtis from Portsmouth. Now, considering James Collins has scored t- nearly twice as many goals as Ronan Curtis... And would fit into a system that Mick, Mac- Mick McCarthy would play, which is get the ball into the box. Yeah, why well, wouldn't he? Well, you do you do have a two two very heavy games coming up. Uh, one one away to Gibraltar and one home to Georgia. Uh, that sounds like that sounds like competition you'll probably lose to, doesn't it? Gibraltar will be us. Yeah, I'm calling yeah, it right I would now. Say so. Yeah, because your results like you've had one win in twenty eighteen, that's it, and that was a friendly against well, the United States, of course. Yeah, that was a torn one. I didn't know who to cheer for. <laughs> All right, so yeah, moving on. So, um, well, we we gotta we gotta be a weighted podcast here. We can't just be all happiness and joy, joy. Uh, who's been your biggest disappointment this season, um, so, Gavin? That's um, that's even more difficult than picking out one for um, one for 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 the positive for who who who's been my best. I mean, I think every player has played a role in the team this season. Um, 
I think some players could play a little bit better of a role. Um, but, I mean, everyone everyone's playing their part. I'd like to see Alan McCormick play a few more games. Obviously, injuries have kept, in a, kept him out a bit. Um, I'd like to see Danny Hilton stay on the pitch for a couple of games instead of getting himself suspended and injured. Um, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, looking at the team, I think he's come in for a lot of stick over the last couple of weeks. And I know I've spoke to you about him in, in Lent, um, going back and forward over our text messages since the beginning of the season. Pelly Ruddock. Um, Pelly Ruddock, to me, is, to me, he's the type of player you want in midfield with Andrew Shinney if that makes any sense whatsoever. Because Andrew Shinney can do all your technical. He'll get the ball, he'll spray the ball, he'll pass the ball 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 yards. Yep. He, he'll do all that for you. Ruddock will do all the running. He'll do all the running, he'll do all the, what used to be called in the game, donkey work. He'll do all that. And he, he, yep. he won't have a problem with it. What he needs to do is, either one, work on his passing to the point where he's comfortable passing long ranges or stop passing long ranges like some of the times his passing like you you can't even put it 10 feet away from him and that's that's been a frustration at times i i actually think i think the thing is the thing is with him still young he's still i think he's 22 isn't he 22 23 and 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 i think i think the biggest issue with him too is, is he has a little bit of lack of experience because if you've seen some of the long passes, like, yes, yeah, some of them goes astray, but a lot of them is a really good pointed passes where he actually reads the game really well and puts in excellent passes. So like last last game, like uh, I think it was two, one or two missed passes and... and, and um, the commentator started criticizing him. Uh, Simon started criticizing him a lot, but like just like five minutes before that, he was in a tricky position. Like uh, like in our defense, he was trying to to get out of our own defense, and um, like uh, I remember the commentator was pretty like, oh, "Get the ball away! Get the ball away!" And then he actually found an ingeniously good pass from our own D and created a great great chance of opportunity for us. So like I think it's just basically the experience thing. Like once you get a bit more experience and see what passes works and what doesn't, he he will come good in my opinion. So so I have a lot more patience with Pelly Ruddock than a lot of people have, I think. I I'm not doubting like he he's, he's he has been an important player for us this season. And that's why I said it's hard to pick out someone who hasn't been important or has been a letdown. But and 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 the way they played him with him and Shinny and then either Ray or McCormick sitting sitting deeper has been perfect, you know, because he he has that bit of experience behind him. If anything does go wrong, but he's also got Shinny that can he can give the ball to and Shinny will create something for him. Um, I just feel that at the, like he's he's twenty four at the age of twenty four now he needs to be pushing on to the next level. Um, and he's yeah, one of the yeah. players. Yeah, I, I, I can agree that. But like, when you look at when you look at when a footballer, like especially a central midfielder, when they have their good good career uh, terms of career, you don't you don't start talking about them really till they're starting to turn twenty six, twenty seven, and then they have four or five good, really good seasons in midfield. In my opinion, so I still think he has a lot of development to do, and I think he's going to be an excellent central midfielder for us. So for me, when I'm thinking about this question, I'm looking at, and although you don't want to say the, the P word, the promotion word, um, <laughs> I'm looking at next season, okay? 
Yeah. And yeah. I know that may be a bit a bit off, you know, thinking about next season already. But you look at next season, if we're in the championship and we're playing against championship teams, where would our weaknesses be? And I think he would be one of our weaknesses. Yeah, I think I think a missed pass will get more uh, exploited in in the champ uh, in the championship than in League One, definitely, because because the the, the attack will be more drilled. The, the 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 attackers will be more technical and more able to read the game than maybe at League One level. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. But but I, then again, that's still a year. That's still. A, Half a season away, and he's still learning at this level. So let's just let's just wait and see. I guess um, if if I was to name anyone myself, I I agree with you. I'd, I'd struggle as well. I'd I'd hope to see Marek Stash maybe a bit more because I technically rated him over James Shea, but but uh, Shea has been quite good when he's been on and hasn't really been tested much but the stuff he's been put out to do he's done excellently so 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 yeah it's hard it's really hard but but that is a good thing and that's the luxury problem i'd say and that's like you, you just mentioned it there the, the player you mentioned stack i mean you, you could easily mention him as being a disappointment this season well you think about it how has he been a disappointment the only disappointment is that shay's been playing so well that Steck can't get in the team or has been injured you know? Well, yeah, he's been out injured a lot as well. So I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess him and also, well, of course, Danny Hilton's um, endless, endless rows of suspension has kind of, kind of gone him a bit lost in contention. But yeah, I, I was thinking, I was thinking the biggest flop of the signing we would have this season would be Lua Lua. But, 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 but when you look at the the the, the jump, the times he's been playing and replaced Danny Hilton, he's been excellent. So. Yeah. Yeah, now it's been really hard, and, and and that's absolutely a good thing. I'm I'm really happy with that. Can I ask you a question? Sure, sure. Do you think Hilton will be there next season? <sighs> that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I guess it depends a lot on the manager. I think it depends on a lot on the manager. If 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 you if we get a finely tuned championship manager who is like aiming at mid mid table uh, top. Like maybe mid-table playoffs, aiming aiming there. Uh, I know it might be a bit of a reach, but if we have one of those, uh, I don't think Danny Hilton will be. He might be. He might be brought brought on as a sub, but I don't think he'll be playing much. Because I was just thinking about it today, and like um, James Collins is on fire at the moment. Yes, he had a slow start to the season, but he's on fire right now. Harry Cornick's yep. coming along bit by bit. He's a little Pelly Rudder that he has to start producing on a regular basis. Um, Elliot Lee has been fantastic this season. I know we brought in Cummings and Connolly, and yeah. if, if either of them, if we go up and either of them deals are made permanently, you've then got Collins, Cummings, Connolly, Lee, Cornick, and Lua Lua, and Hilton. That's seven. Someone yeah, and you, can, and you can only imagine what what a manager would do in the transfer window when that opens in terms of scouting and you know championship opens up a whole new market of players as well. You'll probably start looking at players from abroad as well, like like um, mid division Bundesliga teams and 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 such and so on. So you so so yeah, it's really hard to predict um, what 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 type of squad we'll have if we get promoted to the championship. So, yeah, it's it's really hard to um, to be fully aware. But I think the nucleus of the squad would probably be the same in the championship as in League One. 
Uh, minus maybe a few players in League One, they would be sold off because they want to move to a bigger challenge. Um, but I think maybe the January window, if we're in championship next season, will be a lot more active than normal because most of the players in the promotion squad will have been found out and, and changes will have to be made. I think not only that, it'll, it'll depend on how, how, how we're doing at that point. You know, if, yeah, if, yeah, absolutely. If, if we're... If we're mid-table, lower end of the table, not going to make a playoff place, not going to push or anything like that, and you've got Premiership clubs coming for Stacey, for Justin, you know, the young players in their team, it's going to be hard to hold on to them at that point. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Like, Yeah, there's a lot of things up in the air about next season, so we'll just have to wait and see. All right, uh, let's, um, let's, let's um, get more into um, next game. So next game is away against Fleetwood. Fleetwood, who's been uh, doing fairly well for the uh, club of their stature. Um, and, well, are currently... Well, currently, I think they're above the promo- uh, the relegation zone, aren't they? Um, I was just going to say, you- you're, you're, you're trying to piss off Fleetwood fans because they're ninth in the league. <laughs> Oh yeah, nightly. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd say that's above the relegation line. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> Just a tad. No, well, they're they're far behind. It's like almost well eight points behind the sixth place anyway. So they're in the like mid middle middle where nobody's happening where nothing's happening at the moment. Uh, what do you think of uh, Fleetwood away? How will we do? I think we're on a roll right now. I like. It, it's one of these things where Saturday's game against Wickham was a big test to how we would fare against a team who came to time waste and who came to, you know, play for a draw. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think we never let it get to us. The fans were fantastic, you know. Yeah. And, um, they, were, they, were, they were on them from the time they yeah. get go, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we never, we never, we never, um, we never panicked. We, we, we just kept our game plan. We knew we, we it, it's that confidence thing of we knew we were going to score. It was just a matter of when we scored. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 honestly, I may go ahead and jinx it now, but I, I don't see Fleetwood stopping us on Saturday. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, looking at their looking at their uh, the numbers so far, they they don't have much of an attacking prowess. And against us, who well, let's 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 be honest, we are doing quite well uh, defensively. I think they're going to struggle against. Us there, so yeah, it's gonna be gonna be gonna be a big one and interesting to see how we how we do. Um, definitely. All right, so um, let's move off the pitch then. So off the pitch, we've had uh, big, big, big developments. I'd say, like Gary Sweet said, like the biggest fixtures of the season and maybe the biggest fixtures of the last couple of decades as well. Uh, we've had uh, we've had. Um, We've had Power Court approved. What do you think about that? I'm going to be totally honest here and say that that did absolutely nothing for me. Um, I know how important it is to the club. Don't get me wrong. But as a Luton fan, we've gone through so much time and time and time again. I'm very much in the mindset of, let me know when it's all done. Let me know when <laughs> Newlands Cross is... Newland, is it Newlands Cross? Newlands Park? Uh, power Court. Power, power court. court, Newlands Park. Let, let me know when it's completely done. Let me yep. know when both have been approved 
and we've got the green light and we're building the stadium. All Let four me know corner then. flags installed. And All everything. the corner flags installed. The stadium's starting to get built. The goalposts are going in. <laughs> Let me know then, because yeah. and it's 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 like don't get me wrong. It, it it is exciting. It's a very very exciting time to be a Luton fan. A very exciting time with the way the team are playing on the pitch and what's going on off the pitch. But yeah. we've had it too many times before. You just you, you sit there and you go, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not getting my hopes up because you don't want them to be dashed again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That that that's definitely something you 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 would want to uh, keep in mind. Absolutely. And that's the only but, reason. Did like, I I'm I I would really really hope we get it. And I think the little bits that I have read about it, because I'm even trying to stay away from that. You know, I, I know <laughs> I know some Milton Keynes people are getting involved now, and I'm like, what the fuck do you have to do with Luton? You yeah, know, yeah. Go back the, to Milton the, Keynes. The, you have a football club up there. It's not a very good one, but you have a football club up there. Go take care not, of that one. No, I wouldn't call it a club. I would call it more like more more like a a thieving a thieving corporation or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I noticed that. I saw the 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 members of Parliament for uh, Milton Keynes South and North or whatever uh, went in and said, "Hey, we don't want this stuff on our land." and it's like, it's like, uh, come on, guys! You've been stealing, you've been stealing money and shoppers from all the surroundings for the last thirty years. Can't you handle a little bit of competition? For God's sake! Yeah, I thought it was completely ridiculous, and I also think it's illegal because they, as members of parliament, aren't actually allowed to have opinions on on stuff like that. So, well, uh, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Especially, oh, especially since it's outside a constituency. Uh, I think one Luton fan actually reported them to I don't know if it was the police or uh, Department of Good Standards or whatever you guys, whatever the guys have in the UK, uh, but yeah yeah, there was a lot of uh, commotion when that happened, yeah but Newland Park uh, is the big one, 13th of, um, of March, I think or 11th of March, 13th, 13th I think and that's, that's a month away and uh, yeah, that's going to be a few I think we're going to have a few uh, nervous, very nervous people that day. Um, would you would you cheer when you hear that Newland Park has been approved, Kevin? Oh yeah, I think if Newland Park gets approved, that's it. We're, we're we're done. The stadium is being built. You know, yeah. I, I I think you will have. I I don't know. I'm not pretending to be an expert in the way the British system works, especially with everything they're going through right now. But I would assume you would have some sort of appeals. Um, yeah. Yeah, have to go it, can get call, it can get called in from for the secretary of the interior or secretary of whatever it's called, I think, uh, in, in, if someone has objections that goes towards how it has been, um, how it has been, the, the process have been. So I think it's like only process-wise, like uh, people with commercial interests, like they can't come and say, but you're taking my money away and, and that could lead to a call call into the minister, but but um, from what I understand, is most mainly the process they they can attack from that that point of view. So we'll just have to wait and see, and 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 yeah, fingers crossed, um, Luton will come on come on top in that in that uh, in that. Uh, let's say let's call it an away game. It's going to be a difficult away game, but yeah, I, I'm hoping and I'm crossing my fingers. Like, but the most important thing is, will 2020 move the toilet stalls from Kenworth Road to the new stadium. Do you think they will do that? Depends on how much it costs them. We all know how, how, how much of a tight fist the bastard Gary Sweet is. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking that the old, the oil, the the old toilet blocks at, at Kenworth Road, there, they have their charm. So I'm thinking we should keep them at a new stadium, like as a as a reminder how grisly it was at Kenworth Road or something like that. It's weird because every time, every time things are going well for us, and every time it seems like it's just too good to be true, um, I go and watch Trouble at the Top. Mm. on youtube and i don't know if it's you that has it up there or not but um, yeah it's me yeah 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 i i I go and watch that just to bring me back down to earth and just (laughs) just so i remember how much of a shit show this was at one point you know yeah it's gonna be really interesting moving uh, moving up in the league as well there's gonna be a lot more people maybe interested in the west in in investing the in the club and and what's gonna happen with that and all that stuff so mm-hmm. yeah it's always gonna be it's always gonna be some sort of waves at the top and uh, there's always gonna be some well, i wouldn't say trouble but always some waves at the top and see what's what's up with that but yeah we'll just have to wait and see i guess luckily for all us right. luckily for us we have Gary sweet in there now so I don't think yeah. the club's going into any bad hands anytime soon no no i don't think so either gary's gary is a brilliant guy and uh, yeah i've met him on a few occasions and uh, yeah he 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 he, he uh, bleeds he bleeds orange and white or black and white however you want the kid to look uh, and um, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure he has only the club in mind when 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 all these deals are being done and and all the setups is being worked on that the, the club is 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 in the forefront of his mind definitely so so yeah all right uh i haven't posted anything on twitter because this is like kind of like a ninja a ninja podcast we just felt inspired and wanted to do it so do you have any uh, more things we you'd like to bring up and discuss or are you happy with the level of refereeing in league one for example (laughs) Uh, let's not talk about the referees um i do have a question for you how would you yeah. feel about Gary Sweet bringing back a uh, manager idol during the summer to find out who our new boss will be? Ah, well, we gotta play. We gotta pay for the new stadium somehow, won't we? <laughs> ah, why not? Let's let's do a manager idol. But uh, uh, like instead of like instead of like an actual football manager, we could like go around to like the local the local um, the, the local takeaway shops and and ask and ask their managers to be a part of it. So like appoint appoint one of them to be the next manager of Luton Town. <laughs> Actually, what do you what, what do you think of um? What do you think of the signing of George Moncur? And who? And, and more importantly, more importantly, whose signing do you think it was? Do you think it was a Nathan Jones signing that just happened to be there? It was gonna, it was gonna happen whether Nathan Jones was there or not. Um, or do you think it was once he left, they were looking at players and said, "This is the guy for us." So I think personally, like if you look at the like, we we obviously have a, some sort of West Ham connection. Uh, at at some point or at at some level, because we've basically been farming uh, ex West Ham players like uh, like left, right, and centre. But then we also been farming like um, sons of pro footballers, like you know Dan Potts is the son of Steve Potts who played at West Ham, and well Elliot Lee is the son of Robert Lee who's played for well many many clubs, and and George Moncour is of course the son of John Moncour who um, who who himself was a very very stable midfielder as well. So yeah, I I, I wonder if they I, I wonder if all these guys if, if all these players 
ha- have been scouted and 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 there's been some sort of connection like that and i don't i don't think it's just down to 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 um nathan jones i think it's a lot to do with uh mick harford as well i think i think he um i think he's a nathan jones signing i think he fits the mold of what nathan jones was looking to build at the club before he left um I think Nathan Jones left and the club probably reached out and said, look, we still want you. Or Mick Harford reached out and said, look, we still want you. And he was willing to, he was still willing to make the jump. Um, I'm kind of glad he did too, because he's looking like, he's looking like a real good player. And I think, I think he could be the one that pushes Pelly out of the team. Mm. We, we saw, we saw they've, they've already done some stats on him. And I think he scored one goal for every 17th, 17th minute he's been on. So that's 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 a pretty good stat to have, and some big goals as well. As well, one oh, yeah. the one against Portsmouth. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, he ba- and he basically just tore. He basically just tore him and Connolly just tore um, Wickham apart, didn't they? At the end there. Yeah, yeah. They, they. I was really really impressed with Cummings when he came on. Um, he he gave us something that. Hilton and Collins both both don't give us, which is a little bit more pace, and that's what Cornick brought to us. But he, obviously, he's out injured at the moment. Um, yeah, and that that's no reason why. I mean, if if, if Connolly and Cummings or even one of the two is made permanent, how do you how, how do you how do you how do you rotate them players up front come next season? Yeah, well, that's a good question, isn't it? But I think also if you look at their age, it would be a natural re, um, regeneration of our strikers as well. Because I think both, like, I think James Collins is twenty eight and Danny Hilton is twenty nine or thirty. So it would be a it would be a natural regeneration of of the strikers as well, having some more younger uh, strikers come in and take their place, and and maybe they would sign someone who is a bit more established as a striker as well. If if we if we're gonna go through like. Like a, a you know bracket generational change um, up on top, but um, yeah, it's just it's just going to be a wait and see thing now because it's so hard to predict now because we're getting to we're getting to points where we're looting haven't been in many many years and and uh, like up up in the championship if we get promoted I'm still still saying that if we get promoted we haven't been there since what 2005 2006 and 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 you can yeah it has changed a lot the championship has changed a lot since we were last up so um yeah let's just wait and see how that goes remember the last time we were in the championship Steve Howard, Ronan Vine, Curtis Davis. Oh, yeah. I just remember Curtis Davis being sold pretty much. Uh, Curtis Davis was pretty much sold. Was it Christmas, the first season we were yeah. in the championship? Yeah, I think it was. And then, and then Leon Barnett was sold next season, before the season started, Leon Barnett was sold. So, like, it was just a big selling show. We just sold, sold ourselves to relegation and then administration and then all the sexism charges and yeah, that was just a shit show, wasn't it? At the end there. <laughs> Actually, that's a question. Speaking of, it just made me think of it. Curtis Davis and Leon Barnett and whatnot. What do you think the team selling off the young players? I mean, uh, Backinson left. No, uh, no, uh, Akin Femwo's gone. Well, like, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? 
it's hard to say, like, uh, without confirming, he was getting fairly regular game time at Grimsby, which was in League Two, and, and Norwich apparently had a, had a, has been very keen on signing him already from last season, so they finally got their man, I guess. Um, it's a bit strange to think that we keep selling these very promising youngsters, but they haven't really broken into our side at all whatsoever, but we still managed to sell them and probably get a fairly good uh, transfer deal with clauses on as well. Um, yeah, like there is actually a rule now that one at least one player has to be homegrown at the club in the squad, and so far uh, James Justin has been covering that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they try to cover that if they if they have to sell him because who who the heck will they have then to to have been trained and brought up through our youth system. That's going to be interesting. I think Arthur Reed is the next logical one, right? Yeah, Arthur Reed, or maybe one of the young goalkeeper reserves, because goalkeeper reserves aren't very often asked to serve. And like, if it if it does go wrong, it will be one of forty six games, and that's not a big deal. So who knows? <laughs> Again, that that's that's the one thing that's really hard to to predict because like. I've seen so many players um, and like followed followed uh, them coming up through the system and then just vanish while I was thinking they were going to have a great career for a club like Tariq Backett. I was certain he would have a great career at the club, but then he left. And uh, Collie Woodrow, everyone was singing praises about him, and then he left. And all these players we we've, we we thought was going to be big for Luton, they just disappeared and vanished without a trace. Um, so, yeah, our <laughs> well, youth products are good for the club because they have been a good financial income for us. But, like... If you look look at it from a sporting perspective, they haven't actually really done a lot the last last ten years, have they? Yeah, this is true. And to to me, to me, it's one of the thing one of the things as well is I, I want to see the youth come through. But if they're not good enough, they're not good enough. And I, that's what that what that's what baffles me every single time with these players going to bigger teams, like not bigger teams, but teams higher up the pyramid. Um. To Norwich, to the Bristol cities. I mean, Backinson's doing really well for uh, for Newport in League Two right yeah. now. He's but, alone there from Bristol City, yeah, or whatever but, he went. Yeah, that's but, right. But, but but again, it's like it, it it's not the League One level, and it's not the level that we're playing at. And yeah. I I would just hope that some of them, and I, I would believe it would be the more some of the money that we're getting into it is getting pushed back into the youth system to you know make that youth system better so that the players we do get two, three, four years, five years down the line are going to be even better than the ones we're selling right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that. But the thing is, the thing is, with with Luton at the moment, it's, as I said, it's impossible to predict w- where the next new promising player is going to come from because it all depends. It pretty much all depends on if they don't get sold too early, if they actually get some game time and why they get some game time as well. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see moving forward. And, and, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to see uh, like five or six players uh, come through the squad and come into the first team. But, but then we, we got to have them, we got to stop having them being sold from under our feet because we aren't getting them up to the first team now because they're all being sold off before they manage to get there. All right, I think I think that sums it up for our podcast today. Uh, thank you, uh, 
Gavin for stepping in and I hope to I hope to speak to you more moving forward and um, and thank you for that and uh, everyone have uh, a good time and uh, let's all hope for three points at Fleetwood away.